0: going on everyone. Welcome to the duel. This is your host Angry Jim, and I'm here tonight with Kyle Warner. Kyle, how are you doing? Are you ready for tonight?
1: Fan fucking fantastic. I'm ready to argue with somebody who is not even there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you guys have probably heard by now, if you haven't, Jack is going to do his own episode with Dan the flyer fan of Brotherly Pod. Uh, they are doing their separate their own separate episode we're gonna talk about uh our different perspectives here as me and Kyle uh kind of feel the same way about Chuck fletcher's uh first off season uh as general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers and Jack and Dan are going to give their own unique perspectives in their episode so hopefully you guys listen to both um If not, then hopefully you choose to listen to ours um <laughs> Yeah, so Kyle, where do you want to start out with, man? I mean, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Chuck didn't really mess around when he took over this team. Um, to be fair, I won't talk about the moves made during the regular season. Uh, we could start with you know, some of the things he's done uh, as early as June.
1: First off, let's start with this. The only episode you guys need to listen to is this one. Flyer season's getting started. We're a little more positive than those guys. Everybody wants to think positively going into the season. So let's make this shit happen, all right? Fuck yes.
0: Having said that, our first thing that we're going to touch on here before we get to the juicy the juicy trades, one of the first orders of business for Chuck Fletcher was buying out a man who goes by the name of Andrew McDonald um,
1: aka the garbage can
0: <laughs> or the uh, goddamn uh, the pylon the the traffic cone what the, do you the traffic cone that can't stand up
1: the traffic <laughs> cone that just it's it's oblong and it falls over and it's just a shitty traffic cone
0: terrible man so he, he was bought out he was due to make 5 million dollars this year uh so instead of you know playing out one more year or playing the year with the phantoms uh, he's going to be on the books this year and next year for $1.166 million this year and $1.916 million next year. So in essence, the Flyers have saved just under uh, $4 million in salary cap this year, which it looks like they're going to need to eventually sign guys like Provorov and, and Konechny. So ends up being a, a solid move by Fletcher. Uh, but as you're going to see, with a lot of these moves here, there's another side, and the other side of that is you know, A-Mac's still going to be on the books for another two years here. Well, uh, Kyle, do you have anything you want to chime in on that move? That's the only con. You're removing a
1: cancer from your locker room. Everybody says he's great. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, you know, he's a great leader. He's great in the locker room. But let's be honest. I still play hockey to this day. If I watch somebody go out and turn over the puck ten times, I'm not happy about it. And <laughs> you know what I mean. If you're uh, yeah. going to ask me after the game about the person, he's a good dude. He's great on the bench. But for Christ's sakes, he turns over to puck a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you're guys like, like Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek and and people are booing you and you're putting up, you know, 90 points a season, 70 points a season, and you got guys like Andrew McDonald who can't even freaking goddamn skate, it's like like, what the hell, man? So I totally get Thanks. that. You know, Fletcher... I mean, that's a big deal, I think, getting rid of a guy like a- Andrew McDonald. Um, hopefully, and, you know, this is at least my hope, uh, hopefully this is the last time we talk about Andrew McDonald. I mean, he is on the books for another two years, so we'll probably end up bringing him up at some point in the future. But aren't you just sick of talking about him for almost no reason now, Kyle? Or is it just um,
1: me? I'm done talking about Andrew McDonald. Right,
0: and, and and that's going to be a theme in this show as well. Like, let's... Move on a little bit, you know. There's the future is a lot brighter for the Flyers than it was only a co- only a couple months ago. Not even a year ago. We're talking couple months. Um, so let's move on a little bit here. Uh, I think the next move that Chuck made, uh, next significant move. I'm sorry, was that he traded a 2019 fifth round pick, uh, who the Jets ended up using on a on a guy named Harrison blaze deli or blaze dell and and they got their two C in kevin hayes and now if if you think back a little bit kyle and i'm thinking i'm talking last summer the flyers kind of had a to-do list or at least the fans were, were were giving them a to-do list and that was they had a
1: to-do list for three years and hextal has done did nothing
0: and about bad. it and what, and what were those needs
1: well, we needed absolutely a second-line center because I like Patrick, I like him as a player, but for Christ's sake, he was not ready to fill a second-line center role.
0: Mm-hmm. And so... We to, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, man. No, <laughs> and, and one of the first things Chuck did, if not the first significant thing he did was go out and get a proactive move, by the way, because he didn't wait till free agency. He went out and got a 2C. Now, was he the guy that we all wanted? No. And I'll be the first to tell you that I was not excited. I was actually more disappointed that they brought in Kevin Hayes. Was I mad at the trade? No. Because a fifth-round pick is a fifth-round pick. The Flyers have a ton of picks, and we're going to get to more more about the picks later in the show. They gave up a fifth-round pick for a legit... Who? We're not... I'll speak for myself. I'm not crazy for Kevin Hayes, but he is a legit second-line center in the NHL. Kyle, your thoughts?
1: You know, I wasn't super thrilled about Kevin Haynes, and I'm definitely not super thrilled about the fucking payday he got. But, I mean, if you look at it as a whole, you got a guy you know meshes with your coach. Right off the bat, you know he meshes with your coach. It ain't going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know what he brings to the table. He's consistently brought it to the table every single year. Consistently brought it to the table and consistently improved, albeit slight improvements in points totals, but has consistently improved. Now you're sticking them on a the line with possibly somebody who scored over 90 points a year in Jake Voracek. And you're going to stick them with a the guy who scored over 30 goals, multiple seasons in the NHL. I expect an absolute blowout year for Kevin Hayes.
0: Wow. I, mean, I, I hope so. So uh, I love what you just said about him being so consistent because what's been one of the gripes about this Flyers team, not only last year, but the past couple of seasons, it's it's been they're consistently inconsistent, right? I mean, they haven't been given the roster. They haven't really, you could say what you want about Hackstall. I I don't like him. I don't think he was a good coach at all. But was garbage. to to somewhat of his defense, he was not really ever given a solid NHL roster. So to bring in a guy like Kevin Hayes, I think, solidifies your 2C spot. It pushes a guy back uh, like Nolan Patrick to the third line. And we can get to you know how that's going to help him in a little bit. Um, because all of what we're going to talk about, guys, is going to come together at the end. And hopefully you're a little bit... You're like us. Hopefully, you're a little bit excited for Flyers hockey in a couple of weeks. Um, so his next move, 11 days later, uh, he traded uh, fan fa. Well, I think fan favorite, right? Kyle Radko uh, Gudis? I mean, come
1: on, dude. My dog's named after him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he was he was Flyers hockey. I mean, until maybe the last year and a half, two years, he was the typical prototypical Flyer, right? Um,
1: yeah. Well, he got neutered, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they gave up Radko Gudis for a Stanley Cup-winning NHL minutes-eating defenseman in Matt Niskanen. You know, that right there, Gudis for Niskanen, is a win. You know, the other side of that coin is they retained a million dollars of Gudis' salary, which in the grand scheme of things, big deal. It's only for one more year. Um, Matt Niskanen is making $5.75 million for two years, and you'll probably hear some guys bring that up, okay? Um, he had a down year last year, so people will, will hold that over his head. Um, but well, we you- got the
1: insight. I don't know if you guys listened to the Bill Meltzer episode, but we got the insight scoop on his down year. So God. you definitely need to rewind a minute and uh, go listen to that episode.
0: Okay. Do you, do you want me to spoil that or you want me to make these guys go listen? Cause-
1: spoil that shit.
0: <laughs> but go listen anyway. Um, so if you listen to the Bill Meltzer episode already, you know. If not, uh, during the episode, uh, Bill told us that uh, Matt – uh, I guess he, he ran into a nasty hit last year, and he wasn't quite the same the rest of the year. Um, so he, he thinks he was playing concussed somewhat uh, for the better part of last year, and that contributed to his down season. He thinks he's due for a major bounce back. Uh, he also pointed out that he, he steps his game up in the playoffs, which is great because other than, I don't even know if you can say, Giroux, Um, Couturier, other than Couturier, we don't have too many guys who elevate their game in the playoffs. Not to say that they don't play well, but guys that can play at another level. So adding Matt Niskanen to this defensive corpse I think is a major addition. You know, he's going to be playing top two, top four minutes. He's being paired with Provorov and a lot of roster projections. What's what's your overall thought on the acquisition uh, of Matt Niskanen?
1: First off, I think it absolutely... Shores up your defense. We're not talking about the other guy yet, but it absolutely shores up your defense from a top defensive pairing standpoint. Not to mention you add a guy who what a year, two years ago won a cup. Yep. Go how ahead. many? Go ahead. How many Stanley Cup playoffs has he, games has he played in? I mean, you can't. Well, you can buy it. They did buy it, <laughs> but. You, you, you just can't learn, like, you know what I mean? You can't learn that kind of experience. You have to do it. So you add, a, and one of the big things, so you, you added a guy who's got experience in the NHL playoffs at the highest level of hockey in the entire world and won. Yep. He's won. He's been there multiple times. He's won.
0: And here. then
1: you look back at what Fletcher said beforehand, and this comes back to buying out Andrew McDonald, maybe even trading Goudis a little bit. He wanted to change the thought process, the mindset inside the locker room, and that's what he's doing.
0: I love that you brought that up because that, that's such a huge thing. And and we complained a lot about that, I think, the last year. I know, I know I did you know, with the sulking and the, the, you know, the, the woe is me and, you know, the battling, what it seemed like battling with the fans type thing. I mean, now they're bringing in guys who get the job done. Like you said, in Matt Niskanen, um, Kevin Hayes has played on some good teams. Uh, I think he still has a little bit to prove as far as, you know, uh, winning in the league and things like that. But Matt Niskanen's a winner. He's played on, don't forget, he played with those Penguins teams and those Penguins teams won some games as well. You know he's played with some of the best players in the entire world, and you know I hate to say it, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin. Um, I'm not even I'm not going to say Chris Letang because I think he's a punk. He's a decent hockey player, but he's a punk. He's
1: he's a pretty overrated defenseman. Yeah.
0: Um. So and then you got guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom. You got uh played with guys like Brooks Orpik. You kind of show him the ropes a little bit there. Um. Matt Niskanen is a good a good player in his own right. So he's going to bring not only what he actually brings to the table skill-wise, but everything he's learned playing with these superstars to this team. And, and hopefully he can rub off on guys like Provorov, Sandheim, Myers a little bit, even Ghost, you know. Um, so I think it's a, a, a huge addition to this team, you know. It doesn't look like a big deal, but it is.
1: I think it adds one big keyword, stability.
0: Uh, I love it. Consistency yes. and stability, I love it. Bingo. Keep it Consistently,
1: cons- consistency, stability, and experience. Yep. Hang on, hang how? There. How can you possibly change the mindset of a locker room better than adding those three things?
0: You hit the nail on the head, man. You hit it and on you, the didn't head. Just, you didn't just add it once.
1: You added it, you didn't just add it twice. You added it three times, which brings us to our next player. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Say it. Justin Brom. Yep. Now, I'm not the hugest fan of the price tag that it took to get Justin Braun, but once again, spoiler alert, if you didn't listen to the Bill Meltzer episode, we weren't the only team in on him. So it may not have been that much of an overpayment.
0: No. And if you go look, and we've only just started looking at this stuff today and in the past couple days, but... There's been some trades, and it looks like the going rate for a guy that you want is a second and a third round pick, regardless of of his skill set. I mean, Justin Braun is a stay-at-home defenseman, and I'm looking at trades here for unknown players in a draft that cost a second and a third round pick. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you want this guy, pay up. And when you're battling with other teams... You know, a second and a third round pick in the grand scheme of things, with all you know the supposed depth of prospects and stuff that we've been talking about all month, and uh, all these future picks that the Flyers are going to have. If you look at their picks, they're only missing a third round pick next year, I think, and they have two fourths. So and they, they can get
1: that third round pick easy.
0: Yeah, and, and, easy. And what we're going to get to now is they actually got a pick back. They got that second round pick back. So they gave up. Pick 41 uh, and a 2020 third-round pick for Justin Braun. Okay, three days later, they and everybody I'm sure saw this. They traded with the Phoenix Coyote or Arizona Coyotes. They traded their number 11 pick. They traded back three spots and then drafted Cam York. What also came back is a 2019 second-round pick, number 45 overall, which was only four spots behind the pick that they gave up. So they got the pick back, guys. Okay, They didn't lose a second-round pick. It kind of almost washed out. They basically gave up a third-round pick for Justin Braun, right?
1: Basically, the way I look at what took place is Fletcher had a plan. Flex- Fletcher executed his plan. He picked up a legitimate upside top-four guy in Cam York and possibly a legitimate upside Top six forward in Bobby Brick. Yeah. What did, and, and for what? For one year on a Braun deal? I'll take it any day of the week.
0: Yeah. And, and to your point, they got a consistent defensive defenseman who's going to bring stability and experience to not only the defense, but the team as a whole. Right? Don't forget, guys, like one of, one of the goals in the offseason, if Carter Hart is going to be the starter next year, if he's going to be playing uh, north of 45 games next year, they're going to need to protect him somehow. And, and like, like Bill Meltzer mentioned, one of the top priorities this offseason was to reduce the number of shots against, which, will mean, which means Carter Hart will have to make less saves. And how do you do that? I mean, they went out and got Elaine a, a Vigneault. I mean, we can assume what kind of style he's going to play. We can assume, but you know, I won't dwell on that. But look at the players that he brought in, in Matty Niskanen. In in Justin Braun, in Kevin Hayes, all defensively, if not defensive first players, you know, it's gonna they're gonna make it easier for Carter Hart, which was a top priority before the before the off season. I would say, right? Absolutely. So and then okay. and then let's let's just break down Braun a little bit
1: here. Because you know you got a lot of naysayers out there. Uh, the other podcast will, be, I'm sure, if you listen to it, that's, that's all they're going to talk about. Hmm. <laughs> let's let's just break down this man just a little bit. The man has played in 607 games in the NHL. That's nothing to laugh at. That's not that's nothing to smirk at. You know, that's a legitimate number of NHL games. So right off the bat, what do we say? Experience. Yep. Right.
0: On, on some, got. on some really good shark teams too. By the way, so he's not just a scrub.
1: Correct. He, he brings stability. This man has started fifty-eight point eight percent of his five-on-five five shifts in the defensive zone. That's nothing to. That's nothing to smirk at. The dude's a career-plus player. He had last year was by far his worst year in the plus-minus category, and his stats but he was never a statistical mastermind he was never gonna put up legitimate points it's not his job he knows his job it's to play defense
0: yep and what does this team need more of defense defenders that can play defense so chuck went out and got one i don't know what i don't know how else to to really put it like he addressed a need and he gave up What, in the end, turns out to be a third-round pick since the second-round picks almost wash out. What he ended up doing, guys, so the the second-round pick that he ended up getting from Arizona in the Soderstrom deal where the Flyers ended up drafting Cam York, so what not a lot of people talk about is they got the 2019 second-round pick, number 45 overall, in that deal, which they then used to flip to Nashville. So they traded that 2019 second round pick from Arizona and a 2019 third round pick uh, for Bobby Brink, which ended up to be Bobby Brink, the 2019 second round pick number 34 overall. So essentially, you know, he had an entire plan. He got Brink, York, and Braun all out of moving those second and third round picks for Braun. Long story short.
1: Pretty much. Right? Yep. And you've
0: drastically
1: improved your defense oh, yeah, on, the, on the defensive side of the puck here. Remember, guys, we have a Shane Gosta spirit. You know Provorov's going to put up back to Pro-V numbers. He's going to have 50 points next year, guys, at least. Know it. Know he's going to. We don't need offensive juggernauts on every single defensive line, even though we have them. You don't think Sandheim's going to keep his pace up? Is improving up. You don't think Myers is going to put up those numbers? Dude, keep going. You, you keep have going. offensive defensemen on every single D pair. You needed to ground them, and you grounded them with Niskanen and Braun. Yep.
0: Keep going, babe. I'm getting all the hours here. I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for Flyers hockey, dude. Like, like, for real, this is a legit hockey team. I mean, when all these moves went down, I think we were all underwhelmed. I mean, it was the beginning. Oh well, that's good. right? Yeah, I... everybody.
1: Oh, you know, Artemi Panarin and blah, 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 blah. Right. You know, and listen, I'm going to bring this up because I know it's going to come up on the other podcast. You know Jack's going to bring up, oh, we're going to be in cap trouble. Cap trouble. What the fuck you think we would be in if we signed Panarin for fuck? eight years ten million dollars a year you think we would be good
0: you know that's a, that's a good point that you just brought up there um because a, a lot of guys especially on twitter they wanted to bring up you know the devil's trading for pk suban and that's fine like he's a good player don't get me wrong um and and i could easily say well he's starting he's probably gonna regress Pretty soon. I think he's almost there. He's 30. been regressing. Yeah, he's been getting hurt. He's he hasn't been healthy in I think two full seasons, something like that. Um what's he making? Nine million dollars against the cap, dude? Like you're not gonna ha- you're not gonna fill out your defensive roster if you're bringing PK Subban. And if, if they did go out and trade for PK Subban, I hope that you're comfortable with playing uh Sam Moran and Robert Hag uh most nights, you know?
1: Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Hag has already shown you.
0: Yeah. Uh, what he, more do you need to see from him? He,
1: he, yeah, he's he's a 6th, 7th defenseman at yeah. the most. But now your 6th defenseman is Justin Braun, a guy who played over 20 minutes a game last year.
0: Yeah, he's going to play the 20, tough minutes, man.
1: 20 minutes. Would Hag play? Just, I mean, I'm just throwing this number out because I didn't look it up. I I want somebody, one of our viewers, one of our listeners, to look this number up and tweet it to me tomorrow. What was the minutes Hag played last year on average? I can guarantee it, it's it's not 15.
0: <laughs> you think it's north or south? I think it's south. South? <laughs> oh, easy. Yeah, for sure. And then that means somebody like a Provorov is playing a lot more minutes than maybe he really needs to be. You know, correct. because There's you can't no have a problem. guy like Hag out on the ice.
1: Bingo. And you not to mention, not to, you don't want Hag out on the ice. But what was Hag? He wasn't good at fucking defense. And he provided zero offense.
0: And towards the end of the year, man. I think he was just done. <laughs> he looked yeah. like he didn't even that's, want to fucking be out there anymore that, towards the end of the year. What, what does he bring you? Yeah. What and, does the guy bring you? He's a good Sixers. He's a good... Guy to have if you need to plug them in.
1: Him. Plug and play. That's right. all he is. He's a hey, dude, somebody hurt their ankle in practice. Go get your stick out of the fucking locker in the back <laughs> where the, all the rest of your gear is. Uh,
0: so, so we could talk about, you know, not only the depth now, but, you know, the situations that it's going to put some of these other guys in, the moves of Hayes, Braun, and um, Niskanen. You know, it's awesome that we brought that the Flyers brought them in. But let's talk about, Kyle, who it's going to benefit now. We could start with the defense first since we're already talking about them. You know, you mentioned Braun and, and Niskanen are going to soak up a lot of the hard, tough, gritty defensive minutes. And that's going to open up offensive zone opportunity for guys like who?
1: Well, you're going to open up big-time offensive minutes for guys like Ghost. There's absolutely zero reason that you do, that dude should be starting in the defensive zone. Ever, mm-hmm. he's terrible at defense. Yeah. He shouldn't be starting in the defensive zone. But if you can limit him to fifteen minutes a game, over sixty percent offensive zone start, you could have something there because the dude is absolutely dynamic offensively. There's no arguing that.
0: Yep, I hundred percent agree. And you know, if you guys have listened to us at all uh during the past season. ...or past episodes, you you know how I feel about Shane Gossespierre... ...or how I felt. You know, how I feel about him as a human being... ...is a little bit different than how I feel about him... ...as a hockey player, because I think... ...he has offensive talent as a defenseman. Um, What irked me about him in the past... uh, ...he's just not good at defense. But... ...now, since they brought in guys like Braun and Niskanen... ...you're able to help... uh, ...put Gossespierre in situations that will benefit him you can now set him up to succeed as opposed to forcing him in situations where he's not like really he's accustomed to, to playing in. Just say he's going to fail. Right. So, don't put him in. So, it's so likely to fail. No, you're right. And and now I'm, you know, I, I kind of changed my tune a little bit. I want to see, I want to see him succeed number one, but I, I want to see now how he does because he is signed to a good contract, 4.5 over the next four years. He does have great offensive potential. Let's see. Let's see what happens now. They actually have def- They actually have real defensemen on the team. They have a real coach that knows how to use guys like like uh, Shane Gossisbear, you know, uh, Travis Sanheim, who I think's going to have a monster year. Um, Phil I, Myers. Phil Myers, Ivan Provorov. Like, there's, there's the, the defense is gushing with talent. Right, and I think you're, we're going to get a dude, I'm excited for this year, man. I really am um, well, just
1: think think about this this is, this is all I think about, so back to what we were saying if if you can I mean Dave Hackstall would have never done any of this shit because it's actual coaching yeah so you have an actual coach now, so let's say the defensive zone start, you're now going to have braun out there. And let's say on a normal shift, Ghost is Braun's partner. Let's just say, or Phil Myers is Braun's partner on a a normal shift. If you know it's a defensive zone start, you can now pair Braun with definitely not Ghost. (laughs) You can pair him with a Sandheimer or a Myers. Now you have a puck mover with a defensive defenseman. A puck mover that's not going to do a spinorama and fall at the blue line. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. <laughs> and you give them a, the ability at limited time. Our defensive zone starts, but you give them the ability to grow into a position. Let's face the facts: Ghost is what he is. He's not growing anymore. Is he going to put up another monster point season? Sure. Would I consider it growth? Not really. He's putting up monster points because he's dynamic offensively. If next year Ghost ends the season over 60% defensive starts, I'm going to be like, holy shit, this dude actually figured out how to play defense. Yeah, it's not
0: going to happen.
1: Yeah, it's not going to happen. You have two kids in Sandheim and Myers who aren't bad defensively. They're not. They're not bad defensively. They do not hurt you defensively. Both also have the ability to be dynamic offensively. Do you have any idea the rarity in that? Name a defenseman, Jim, in the league who's dynamic offensively and is solid as hell defensively. There's a couple of them.
0: Hang on, let me think about this for one second here. I'm going to go through the Flyers division. Yeah, the first guy that comes to mind for me, actually, is, is Ryan McDonough. I, I, I'm not sure how dynamic offensively, but he puts up numbers very solid defensively. Um, let me think about this real quick. I mean, if you have somebody throw a name out, because this is a good question.
1: I mean, a, a, a guy that comes to mind who's not <coughs> dynamic defensively, but doesn't exactly kill you defensively, uh, a, a guy like um, uh, Bufflin. Okay. But Bufflin it has the ability to be pretty fucking impressive in the offensive zone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How and about, we're
1: not saying these guys are going to be Bufflin by any means.
0: How about a guy like, like Roman Yossi? Oh, my God, yeah. Very this solid is, defensively going to play offense. Minute
1: muncher, dude. That guy will play anywhere. You yeah. stick him out there, he's going to make something happen.
0: Mm-hmm. The, That's the,
1: dynamic.
0: The Flyers have guys that... They could potentially be, you know, they have studs on defense. This is just, I mean, it took it took a guy like Victor Hedman. I'm not comparing any of these guys to Victor Hedman yet. It took him four years to, to finally break out and put up a 50, 60-point season, you know. Um,
1: right, and the one thing that Victor Hedman didn't have that our rookies, well, not rookies, our young defensemen do have is our young defensemen played in the AHL for an extended period of time.
0: So you're seeing that as a as a benefit? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to be excited about on the back end. If if did we miss anything, can we move forward to the forwards?
1: We can we can move forward wherever you want, Jim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know we were going to try to keep this to like 40, 45 minutes. We're coming on the ten minute mark, I think. Over. Here oh, we're
1: blowing over. We're blowing the doors off of that shit.
0: Yeah. Good. Um, so yeah, let's talk forwards. I mean, they made two, ro- I'm looking at the, uh, the cap friendly here. I mean, they they made a couple roster additions. The big one that kind of had ripple effects throughout the roster was Kevin Hayes, right? So let's talk about that. Um, obviously, the the first line is going to have Giroux, Couturier, um, you know, you can, you know, mix and match whoever you want to put on the right wing. I think right now, most people are assuming it's going to be Travis Konechny once he signs, right? The second line last year was Nolan Patrick. Uh, who, who was playing left wing, JVR?
1: I think, no, I think, well, JVR started there, got her, and then Lindblom took it over.
0: Okay, so let's say Lindblom, Patrick, and then Voracek, right? Correct. So now they add a guy like Kevin Hayes. Your second line last year now becomes your third line. Okay, and, and I'm going to tell you why this is significant. <clears throat> Kevin Hayes is, is a minutes eater as your second line center. And I know when you we all wanted that second line, we thought of a scoring center. Got, at least I did. I thought of a guy that's going to put up 65, 75 points with ease. I wanted a dynamic guy who could skate and this and that. Well, you know, we, they didn't go that way. They, I think they... Could, if possibly, and believe it or not, the Flyers know more about what they should need than than I do. <laughs> they went out and got a guy like Kevin Hayes. So he's a big body, big long stick. He's going to plug up that neutral zone. He can play fucking team defense, which was... This, and this is an underrated thing. Kyle, I'll let you talk about this a little bit. When your forwards don't come back and play defense, it makes it really fucking hard to give to not give up shots and goals, guys. Kyle, can no you can you, yeah. <laughs> you no take a swig no. of your beard? <laughs> yeah, I was, actually. I literally gone. had it up to my lips when he threw it up. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. So, go ahead. I mean, you still play. I mean, it makes it that yeah, much one easier. Of the, one of the biggest problems the
1: Flyers had um, is, and a lot of this falls on your head coach. Like, obviously, look, Dave Hackstall's gone. We ain't got to worry about it no more. We have a legitimate head coach who's won President's Trophies, who's been to the Stanley Cup. We do not have to worry about coaching anymore. We don't. We just don't have to worry about it anymore. We have a legitimate head coach. But one of the biggest issues the Flyers had, watching it as somebody who still plays and somebody who enjoys the coaching aspect of it, is the forwards looked absolutely lost in our own zone. They didn't know what to do. Should we come down into the corner and help the defenseman? This is the wingers I'm talking about. Should we hang high in the slot? Should we come down to the hash marks? They didn't know where they were going to be on a shift-to-shift basis. They didn't know because that's coaching. That's absolute coaching. And then, I mean, let's put it – let's be honest here. Uh, Fifteen games in, this team gave up on the coach last year. Oh, yeah. They gave up on the coach. I mean, for Christ's sakes, how many times can you be told ten different things and then you're still wrong when you come to the bench? Mm -hmm. Because the coach don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) I mean, yeah, look, look. This man coached in North Dakota for years, for years, never won a national championship. The fucking season he leaves? What's North Dakota do? Oh shit they won a national championship.
0: Are you kidding me? I didn't know that. Oh my God <laughs> what other evidence do you need that the dude sucks at his job <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was, that was an actual thing.
1: It's an actual thing.
0: Oh my God, that's great <clears throat> Oh shit
1: So yeah. basically I think when you have when you have the coaches you have now. Uh, everybody's going to play. Listen, if you're looking for the Flyers to put up four, five, six goals a night, it's not coming. It's not going to happen. There is going to be a lot of nitty-gritty wins this year. There is going to be because that's Vigneault's style. He likes playing defense. He likes playing a defensive style. He likes transitioning from defense to offense. If the transition breaks down at any point, Look for your forwards. Look for your center. Look for everybody to come back to defense. Not keep pushing the play. And it, Don't expect a high-scoring team. It's not going to happen.
0: It sounds like they're just going like, to play responsible team hockey.
1: Something they've lacked for years.
0: Which, you know, consistently... Consistency, stability. Two words that should come up again. If you play, you know, with this roster. I mean, how it's just so... I think it's deep, you know, and and they should be able to play consistently now that they can roll out four lines. So I talked about that second line a little bit. Now you have this year's – last year's second line now basically as your third line in Nolan Patrick, uh, let's just say Oscar Lindblom and whoever makes the team to play right wing. I I think they were eyeing up Tyler Pitlick to play, but, you know, surprise, surprise, he's hurt. Um, We should point that
1: out for another thing for Fletcher, though. Go ahead. He didn't go out and get a third right wing. Yeah. You know, he recognized the talent he has in his own system and said, I'm gonna let these guys fight for it.
0: Give them something I'm gonna to play
1: let for. these kids I'm gonna let these kids earn a spot for it. If you go pick out a Michael Ferland, right? I mean he was high on my list. Shit, I would have signed him. He was high on my list, all right? If you pick that guy out, none of those kids are beating a Michael Ferland out for a third-line spot, mostly because you're going to be paying Michael Ferlin to play third-line right wing. You're not paying Pitlick to play third-line right wing. The fucking dude makes a million dollars a year. They brought him in just in case the kids didn't work out. and Maybe he can slot up in that position, but you still have a Lawton there too. Lawton could definitely slide into a right-wing position on the third line. Yeah, But he left it open for the battle. He said, you know what, I got kids here, and they have a shit-ton of talent. Let's see what they can bring. Let's see what they can do.
0: I I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, when we talked before we did the show tonight that those spots were left open. If you're a twenty, twenty, twenty-one year old kid, however, however old these dudes are, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, if they if they went out and signed the Michael Ferlin, like you know that you don't have a spot on this roster. Looking at this team, you know, so when you come in the camp, you already know that you're basically playing for the Phantoms. You know, so what what's really your motivation to play tougher, to play harder, to play better? You know, when when you come into camp and your general manager tells you, hey, there's a third third right wing spot with your name on it, all you gotta do is make the team. You're gonna be busting your ass. And you don't yeah. have you don't have just one, you have two guys competing against each other and Frost Faraby, possibly three and Roopstall, you know, he's kinda of the dark horse here. That's motivating. Hey, yeah,
1: oh, it's it's beyond motivating. And it's beyond motivating that your GM recognizes that and allows it to take place. Yeah. When, in years past, there was no getting through a Dale fucking Weiss or a Yuri Laterra, <laughs> They're gone. Yep. You ain't gonna worry about that shit no more.
0: Thank God, man. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's motivation. And that motivation will carry into the season. You know, if, if they're... If, you know, the kid... You gotta practice like you play, right? So these kids coming in, they make the team out of camp. Let's say that that should carry into the team. You know, they should feed off that kind of stuff. I, I would assume, and I, I could just be talking just to talk here. If I am, stop me, Kyle. But I believe <laughs> I believe that hard work rubs off on the on the guy next to you. If you're busting your ass, the guy next to you is gonna bust his ass because he doesn't want to look like an asshole. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's just what I believe. If you got if you got assholes like Dale Weiss and Juri Laterra skating around, it's kind of like, you know, what the hell am I doing this year? We're not going to win shit, and he's already guaranteed a spot on this team. Why am I here? You know what I'm saying? Pretty much. So you know, I, I'll digress from that a little bit because I don't want to talk about those two nods any more than I have to. The They're third, gone. the third line again this year: Patrick, Lindblom, and whoever's going to play that third right wing spot. Um, which again, like you like you brought up, is it's gonna be an open competition. If it doesn't work out, they have a guy like Pitlick that could fill in that role or Scottie Lawton. So that third line uh trio is gonna be like like our like we talked about with our offensive defensemen. You know, they're gonna be put in better situations, situations where they can succeed this year, maybe more offensive zone time. Because let's let's face it, like Oscar Lindblom's no defensive specialist. Nolan Patrick Hasn't broken out yet, maybe because he's been he's been um, you know, tasked with all these tough defensive minutes. You know what I'm saying?
1: Not even tough defensive minutes; it's tough minutes, period. Yeah, when you're
0: the second line center, dude, you're playing a lot. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent right. So this year, I mean, I, a lot of people are saying maybe the pressure comes off a little bit. I don't know if I agree with that per se. I think the pressure is still going to be there. But I think he's going to be put in more positions to succeed offensively than he has in the past. Does that sound right?
1: More importantly, Jim, the entire team is put in a position to succeed more than they have in the last five years.
0: I love it. From top to bottom, you're 100% right. From top to bottom,
1: the entire team is put in a better position. With the moves made, like them, hate them. I, I I really don't care at this point what you do. There's no arguing the team's better.
0: No, hundred percent.
1: What everybody wanted.
0: Yeah, and then you know if, if do we want to move on, we could talk. We could dabble in you know what's going to happen next year real quick. Because um you know if you guys want to talk cap and stuff, and and I, I got to be honest real quick. This this. I, I, I'm kind of rubbed the wrong way when people want to bring up cap for, let's say, two and three years, four years down the road, Um, because I'm like, dude, I just want to win a Stanley Cup, and I want to win it this year, I want to win it next year, you know what I mean? And I don't want to have to worry about what the cap's going to look like in 2022, you know what I mean? So when those days come where Sean Couturier needs to be re-signed, let me just see exactly what year it is here. 2022, 2023. We're gonna. Have, the Flyers are gonna have to re-sign Sean Couturier, and possibly Claude Giroux. All right. That's yeah, three. No, there's
1: also. A, a, when's the CBA run out?
0: That's a good question. I want to say 2021, 2022.
1: So everybody's worried about a cap. We don't even know what the fuck it's gonna be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, just, I don't know. I mean, why are I, we honestly worried about it? I don't know. I mean, there's money. Get it. There's money that comes off the books next year. Like everyone hates Justin Brown already. He's making 3.8 this year. He's not on the books next year. So that's 3.8 you can use to go sign, you know, Nolan Patrick or or Oscar Lindblom. Okay. Uh, Who else comes off the books here? Robert Hay comes off the books, 1.15. Brian Elliott comes off the books, 2 million. Uh, Pitlick, another million. Gudis, 1.5 million. Um, let me see. Who else comes off the books? I mean, there's going to be money to spend on guys like Patrick Lindblom uh, and, and Myers here, okay? They're, I'm not worried about that. Are you worried about that?
1: No, I'm not worried about the cap in a couple of years, dude.
0: <clears throat> so, if I if, – I mean, and we could wrap up because I think we're running out of things. that We haven't even touched on goaltending. I mean, the four biggest needs of this team – they fired Hacksaw, they brought in a head coach. They needed a second-line center. They got one of the best available second-line centers out there. Um, they addressed the defense. They brought in uh, two defensive players who bring consistent, consistency, stability, and, and what? Experience, right, Kyle? I mean, right. what, what, more could you, what more could you ask? He, one of his first things he does, uh, was this Fletcher actually that brought up Hart, or, or was it just uh, whoever the hell was in control before Fletcher?
1: It's whoever was in control, I think.
0: All right. So so he sort of addressed the goaltending where, you know, Carter Hart is going to start the year. And, you know, he brought uh, Brian Elliott back as the backup. You know, will that work out remains to be seen. Uh, I think it's going to have a lot to do with what happens in front of those two guys this year. Um, without dwelling on it too much, uh, I'm worried about Brian Elliott staying healthy. And the other thing I'm worried about is uh, the sophomore slump for Carter Hart, which which, if you go back and look at guys like Fleury and, and Price, it, it is a real thing. Um, so, I, you know, I'm kind of tempering my expectations as far as Hart a little bit. I'm also hoping that what was done in the offseason, everything we just talked about, helps offset that a little.
1: Uh, it should. In in theory, it should. You change the coach. Your entire team is going to be more defensive. you got a better defense. Uh, Hart should not be facing over 30 shots a night. He shouldn't. On paper, he shouldn't. And we've all seen Carter Hart stop well over 30 shots. Pretty sure he's going to be okay when he's only stopping 28.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm I'm just gonna bring this up real quick. I'm I played soccer growing up. It's a little bit different than hockey, but I, I remember I had a coach. I played uh, defense. I had a coach that told me if you even give up a shot, if your goalie is even forced to make a save, you should be ashamed of yourself. And I'm like, shit. All right. So my goal was to not even let the other team even get a shot off. And and I think this year you're going to see some of the same mentality. With this team, maybe some shot blocking, or maybe forcing you know some shitty outside shots as opposed to you know as opposed to what you saw last year, where where teams are getting thirty five, forty shots in on on flyer goalies, and you know that what the result of that is, guys, is is injury, okay? And then you know, uh, guys like El- excuse me, Elliot and, and Hart getting hurt, things like that. You know, who, they're they're going to try to keep these guys fresh, which you know from judging from years past. Is I guess another reason to be excited, you know? It's it's a whole different mentality, man. Whew! dude, I'm sweating my balls off.
1: <laughs> it's because you had to turn that fan off.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what did we miss? Did we miss anything here?
1: Mm, not to my recollection.
0: I mean, I, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this for this team. You How know, could be? I'm not worried about Provorov and Konechny not signing. I, I mean, I think it's like the like the thing, like no one's going to sign until the last week of the uh, offseason type deal, um, which which sucks because I think the Flyers are one of the only, if not the only team that has two RFAs. But I'm not worried about it. I mean, these guys are 22, and uh, they're both 22 years old. These are young kids. You know, it, it shouldn't take them long to get back into to game shape type thing. So not they worried about They should
1: av- never be out of game shape.
0: Yeah, not worried about that at all. I mean, these guys play all year round. It's not like they're who, – who are we talking to? Was it Was it Jimmy Dowd? It's not like the old days where the off season you know guys drink and go on vacation and shit. These guys stay in shape all year, all year long. So right. not not really worried about the conditioning part there.
1: I think we're done, dude. Check. Now you got me checking teams who have core face.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Flyers are the only ones that have uh, two.
1: I thought Winnipeg did.
0: Uh, Linea and 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 someone else if they do. And right? Kyle Connor. That's it. Yeah, two. Wow, those are two big ones and if I'm Winnipeg I, I would be worried about that because nobody wants to play there they can't hang on to anyone
1: uh, it's like Columbus
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but well, we could save that for another show we're um we're just about uh I think we're about 50 minutes in dude you want to wrap this up or you think we need yeah, to keep let's... going
1: nah dude I think we covered everything we made our arguments
0: dude I am uh, so... I need a shower after this episode
1: well you're welcome <laughs> <laughs>
0: He dirty son of a bitch. All right, well, let's wrap up, guys. Hopefully um, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Um, I hope you listened to Jack and Dan's episode as well. Um, give us your thoughts on Twitter. I'll put up a poll. Um, you guys can decide who you, who you guys uh, agree with more, which perspective you agree with. Um, you know, no, there's not really any right or wrong here. It's just, you know, everybody has different perspectives. We tried to put a positive spin on ours here. I, I'm, we're... I know for myself, and I think you are too, Kyle, I'm genuinely excited for this season. I think the Flyers can make some noise. Definitely a top three finish in a division. Go back and look at Vino's track record. First or second every other year in a division. Like Kyle mentioned earlier, President's Trophy winner. He's uh, been to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple times with two different teams. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting division wins. I'm expecting a President's Trophy, and I'm expecting at least a Stanley Cup appearance. You know, I know we want the cup. It's it's coming, guys. All right, so I'm going to wrap this one up. Uh, make sure you go listen to Jack and Dan's episode, and uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.
1: Later.